And now, it's time for the Cannabis Reporter Radio Show with Snowden Bishop. Listen in as Snowden interviews cannabis industry pioneers, marijuana experts, policymakers, medical practitioners, patients, and other amazing individuals with compelling stories to share. It all happens right now. Here's the Cannabis Reporter, Snowden Bishop. Hi, and welcome back to the Cannabis Reporter Radio Show. I'm Snowden Bishop, and I'm happy you could join us. It never ceases to amaze me how rapidly the cannabis industry is evolving. Despite the fact that cannabis is still technically illegal at the federal level, it happens to be one of the fastest growing emerging industries in our country today. In fact, we haven't seen this much growth this rapidly in a single industry since the emergence of the dot-com era. Except for the obvious difference between the two industries having to do with legal barriers or lack thereof, there have been a number of parallels between the two. Like the start of the tech boom, the cannabis industry has emerged from relative obscurity, which has necessitated a heavy reliance upon the media to overcome a tremendous learning curve. While the media has played a significant role in raising awareness and driving consumer demand, trade shows and consumer expos have been equally important because they provide audiences with hands-on opportunity to learn about cannabis and explore new products. They also provide entrepreneurs with valuable opportunity to network with one another and introduce their offerings to new markets. From our perspective, events have been incredibly valuable when it comes to staying abreast of industry trends and meeting the trailblazers who are shaping the industry. For that reason, we not only relish the opportunity to partner with event producers as a media sponsor, we're eager to spread the word and encourage people to attend these events to learn why the cannabis industry is creating a healthier and more sustainable future. One such event is MJ BizCon, which is produced by Marijuana Business Daily, one of the oldest and most respected industry trade publications. For four consecutive years, MJ BizCon was named as one of the fastest 50 growing trade shows in North America by Trade Show Executive Magazine. This year, the event will feature thousands of exhibitors and attendance is expected to reach more than 35,000. That's the topic of today's show, and I'm excited to introduce our guest, Jess Tyler, who's the Vice President of Events for Marijuana Business Daily. Before we get started, though, I have a couple of announcements. First, full disclosure, we're very proud to be a media partner of MJ BizCon, and we'll be broadcasting on-site from Radio Row at the event in Las Vegas in December, so you'll have to be sure to check us out. Also, I'm thrilled to announce that Blue Mountain Energy has become our newest sponsor, and I hope you'll join me in welcoming them to the Cannabis Reporter family. We're really grateful for their support of our educational platform. And what I appreciate most about Blue Mountain Energy is that they're committed to helping cannabis growers drastically reduce their energy consumption and can actually save growers up to 80% on energy costs. By the way, they'll be featured as an exhibitor at MJ BizCon, showcasing their line of indoor climate control systems that are powered by natural gas and propane. So, if you'll be at the event, be sure to check out their booth in the exhibition hall. So, let's get started. I'm here with Jess Tyler, Vice President of Events for Marijuana Business Daily, as I mentioned. 
She hails from the hectic arena of exposition events, and in her capacity as VP of events, she oversees the entire roster of Marijuana Business Daily's major expos, which take place several times a year in various cities throughout the United States. Jess, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. So I'm really interested in talking about the upcoming MJ BizCon event. But before we do that, tell me just a little bit so that our audience understands where you're coming from, because I know that you're in charge of these events now. Tell me a little bit about your background. Sure. So um, I've been with Marijuana Business Daily for about a year now, um, and I come from a trade show background. So I, I live and breathe events and in the events industry, MJ BizCon is uh, really just such a phenomenal event with just how fast it's growing and how exciting it is to be in cannabis right now. So um, when I came over to MJ Biz Daily, um, it was, you know, it's, it's been a wild ride. It's been a lot of fun. And um, we've had already this year, um, four or five events, and then we've got our big MJ BizCon Las Vegas coming up in December. It's exciting. I'm looking forward to that one, to be sure. But when you were working in other sectors of industry and in, in trade shows, what did you find to be like the biggest difference when you got to do the MJ BizCon event for the first time? I mean, it must have been <laughs> a little bit of a contrast. It, honestly, it really is. So I've, I've come from a lot of other industries. I worked in aerospace, um, energy, healthcare, um, advertising. And, and so coming into cannabis, uh, you know, it, it's, it is very different in a lot of ways. I think um, the biggest thing is just you're always kind of um, working against that, that outward perception of maybe what this show or what this industry is. And, you know, once you lift the hood and get to see um, how professional of an industry it is and how much opportunity there is, you, that starts to go away. But, um, you know, there are a lot of um, factors and considerations, you know, anything from policy and, um, you know, regulatory considerations to, um, you know, just overall stigma that's still there. And, um, you know, I honestly, it's, one of the things I've really enjoyed running these events is that, you know, we are contributing to helping to, you know, shed light on how professional of an industry this is and really where it's going. Yeah, and it it is growing leaps and bounds. In fact, I think it is one of the fastest growing sectors of our economy right now. Um, I don't think we've seen anything like this since the dot-com era. You know, that, that it's exactly true. And, and I do say that a lot when I talk about the event, MJ BizCon event with its growth. Um, you know, in the trade show world, we would say it's a once in a 50 year show. It's, um, it's growing. You know, we've, we've hit well over, you know, 50% growth, um, almost up to, um, you know, 70 some percent growth, depending on the year. And, um, you know, in the trade show world, typical growth is anywhere from five to 10%, maybe. And so when you throw out those numbers, it, you know, it changes a lot every year. And um, it's, it's really exciting. And it's new people coming into the industry. Um, you know, it's seeing how it's developing both from um, other market segments where they're coming into cannabis, you know, from an adjacent market, all the way to people who are 
you know, really kind of leaving what they've been doing, you know, in their careers and coming in and getting a fresh start. No doubt. And I wonder too, like 50% growth is huge, but it's not surprising, honestly, because I think, as you mentioned, the stigma has been something to overcome over the last 10 years in this industry. And right now, you're starting to see a lot of normalization of cannabis in the media. And I mean, you walk into any convenience store and you see CBD for sale. Mm -hmm. It's really changed dramatically. And I mean, in terms of the attendance, have you seen an evolution in the people that actually attend? Is it becoming like more mainstream rather than just cannabis enthusiasts, in your opinion? Um, in my opinion, I would say yes. Um, I think we still have a long way to go, um, you know, and I think that legalization, you know, is going to be something that is really going to drive that. There are still, um, there are um, companies that should be in this space that aren't quite yet, and they're kind of, you know, saying, wait a minute, I think I'm going to wait a little bit more, see, see how, you know, the legalization side plays out. Um, but but you are starting to see it become you know as you said just just more normalized. It's um, becoming part of our everyday lives now. You see it in the grocery stores, you know, with CBD, and all of a sudden you hear um, you know your you know your your father's saying, "Gosh, you know, it really helps with my back or you know my arthritis," and um, it's 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 neat to see. I I agree about that. <laughs> the family members. I mean, I started writing about this 10 years ago almost, and <laughs> it, it was sort of interesting to explain to my family what I was doing and, you know, leaving a very sort of respectable field of journalism to go into cannabis was <laughs> sort the, of the family reactions, huh? <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, I mean, they were supportive, but they, I, I couldn't help but feeling like people were looking at me sideways, you know, and it took me a while to actually launch our site because of that. You know, we, we had um, other media outlets and, and then also we had clients to consider, you know, who were staunchly opposed to any kind of cannabis reform. And so it took us a while to take that sort of courageous step mm -hmm. to actually get into uh, yeah. it. Yeah. And well in ten years but, ago it was it was a much different environment than, you know, people who are getting into it now. Oh, much <laughs> different. I mean attitudes across the board were different, you know, and now it's like, you know, people will actually search for it online, whereas before it was only the people who were very familiar with cannabis and mm -hmm. probably have been operating for years in the dark. Uh, during the black market cannabis mm -hmm. days, you know, who who really expressed the interest in it. And so, and, and I don't know that that really helped the stigma coming out of it, but I think now you go to these events and people are dressed in suits and ties as opposed to tie-dyed shirts. Absolutely. So, and when um, the first MJ BizCon uh, was um, in 2012 and at that point, you know, there were, there weren't many venues that would actually take us. And, um, and it, and it, we ended up at, in like a, a lodge in, in Denver, we had about 400 attendees there. Um, and those were, and a lot of them actually still come to MJ BizCon. Um, and which is such a great thing to see how it's evolved. But 
because of where the industry was, you know, 10 years ago, um, it was it was a while before we could evolve into the show that it is now. Even making the move to um, Las Vegas, we were at the Rio for a couple of years until we were bursting at the seams there. And um, we went through a vetting process with the Las Vegas Convention Center at the time because they hadn't had um, a cannabis related event before. Um, and so, but, you know, obviously when they came and they saw how professional it was and, hey, this is, um, you know, this is a, a reputable show. It's, you know, for me, I can say having seen other industries, it's one of the, um, you know, more professional, well put together shows that I've seen in, in general. And our goal is always to have it be something where you know, that show floor, you can walk an investor on the floor and ask them for money and, and be taken seriously and really make progress. And so we try to set that environment up for, you know, for the industry. That's an interesting point. And I mean, after all, it is the business side of the industry. So mm-hmm. tell me about some of the, the exhibitors. Um, when you compare this conference to other expos and conferences that are out there for the cannabis industry, what would you see as the main difference? Um, that's a great question. I think, um, you know, I always think of MJ BizCon as, you know, the place where people are really um, doing deals. They're um, pushing their businesses forward. It's um, very large on networking and also getting to see what the latest products are that are out there. Um, I know a lot of our exhibitors, um, they um, do their product releases at our event in December for the whole year. And that's because that is the central, you know, we like to think of it as the central, you know, gathering place for for the industry um, with, you know, this year we'll have over 30,000 people in attendance. And, um, you know, but I think there there's a lot of really good content out there at other events. You know, we have great content as well. And, um, you know, it's it's nice to have that central networking and meeting place, you know, at the end of the year. Absolutely. And who's your target? Who are the ideal people that you see as the audience for this? So um, we really um, off, you know, um, have content and um, set up the networking opportunities for people who are in, invested in the business side of cannabis. So um, those are your entrepreneurs, your um, investors, your executives in the um, in the cannabis industry today. Mainly stakeholders. And what about just general consumers? So we, we do see some general consumers, but it's um, honestly it's it's a very small number. As far as you know, the more enthusiasts that were that are coming, um, it is mostly you know all people who are already doing business in the industry. Part of that is you know we have all of the products and services for um, cultivation and extraction and retail. Um, we have a lot on investing and um, even the science component, uh, but not as much on the the recreational side. So we actually, we don't see a whole lot of consumers that come to the show. And um, what about on the medical side of things? I know you have some talks, some seminars, keynotes. Tell me just some of the highlights Mm -hmm. that we can expect this year. 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, this year we are um, officially launching our two-day investor intelligence conference. It's going to be on the front part, um, part of the week. That is really targeted to that accredited investor. Um, and then we roll into the, the conference where we're doing a dedicated hemp forum. Um, we have a science symposium that we do in partnership with Emerald Scientific. Um, we are continuing with our signature um, crash course. That's for anyone getting into the industry. Um, it's a full day deep dive program of everything you need to know. And we're also really excited to have our, our keynote this year that was recently announced. Um, opening keynote is Mark Randolph, who is the founding CEO of Netflix. And why that's really important is that he's going to be, you know, talking about, you know, the, the point where he was launching Netflix and people were saying this model, it couldn't be done. Um, and how many times have we heard that in cannabis? you know, going against, you know, adversity, you know, you're trying to innovate to really push the envelope, um, you know, for what are, what is really going to be the, the norm around here. And, you know, we do believe that the cannabis is going to, you know, eventually become that norm that we see like with Netflix. Um, so it's going to be a really interesting talk that he's going to do to open up the show this year. That's fascinating. And you know what? He did have to push against uh, regular uh, networks and and get himself mm -hmm. out of that space of just being an online blockbuster. So that must have been an mm -hmm. interesting evolution for him. But you're right. The, the parallels are pretty uncanny when you look at the cannabis industry. The only difference really is that in our industry, we were pushing against federal prohibition. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it, it's a little bit different, <laughs> but I think there are a lot of really good lessons there that the cannabis industry, you know, that we can take from, you know, the evolution that, you know, he's, he's seen and the success that he had. Absolutely. Well, that's fantastic. Kudos to you for getting him to speak. I look forward to hearing that. And um, what are some of the seminars? I know you said you have the crash course, which is... Mm -hmm basically for people wanting to enter the industry. And the mm -hmm. hemp forum is something that I think people would be really interested in. And I'd love to hear you talk about that I'm, because I have this deep belief that hemp is one of those things that can save us on so many levels, mm -hmm. um, you know, from climate change to, you know, revitalizing marginalized farming communities and, uh, building out infrastructure that can defend against fires and, and um, you know, climate events, floods and all of that, you know, using hemp as a building material. So tell me about the forum. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the, the hemp forum um, is uh, produced by uh, um, MJ Biz Daily's sister brand is Hemp Industry Daily. And just earlier this year in June in New Orleans, um, we had our first Hemp Industry Daily Conference um, that, where we had over 1,100 attendees, actually. Um, and at that conference, we, we did a lot of breakout tracks that were very deep dive, um, everything from strategy and regulation updates to um, more tactical um, information. 
And then um, alongside it now in Las Vegas, and we've done this for a couple years now, but we're, we're building out the program, the Hemp Forum, where it will be um, heavily focused on um, uh, uh, a town hall, if you will, or, you know, lots of discussion around what's happening, you know, in the hemp industry now. Um, so we're, you know, for example, we're actually opening the day with um, a pro uh, session on, you know, one year, you know, the farm bill one year later. Um, what's changed since last year around this time? And you know, how far do we still have to go? And then also, the, I mean, there are a lot of hurdles as well. So we're going to be talking about those, um, you know, both, you know, on, on the farm as well as, you know, out in the business world. Uh, there's a lot of investment opportunities. So um, having a discussion on that and, and different business partnerships that, you know, could come out of this. And then, I, you know, I think the big thing, too, is I, in the past year, we've been very focused on, you know, the, the farm bill. And, and now that we're in a, in a legalized state or country for this, um, but what's going on internationally? Where are those opportunities around the world for hemp? And no doubt there are a lot of opportunities. I mean, and there are, there are countries that are well ahead of the United States when it comes to hemp infrastructure and Mm -hmm. The uses of hemp are so much more compatible with the earth, if you will, from a sustainability standpoint, making textiles like polyester and you know, materials that require fossil fuels, everything from fabrics to paper. You know, it seems as though we have an opportunity here with this push to wean ourselves off of fossil fuels to take hemp and use it to replace fossil fuels for everything from toilet paper to the plastic bags you get in grocery stores to composites for making cars to uh, the the materials that are used for buildings you know for concrete and you know with hempcrete and all of that and but it's a matter of infrastructure at this point other countries tend to have a little bit the, the countries that use hemp tend to be a little farther ahead and they have the resources and infrastructure necessary to start implementing the application of hemp to replace these more toxic materials. So do you have people that are going to be speaking to that? Um, I would have to leave that question to, to my conference content team. They're really the ones who are um, recruiting uh, speakers for all of these topics and, and know it a little bit, little bit uh, more deeply than I do. <laughs> Understood. Yeah. You know what? I will follow up with them about that because mm -hmm. I'm interested in knowing about it and maybe I can get some information online. Mm -hmm. But also the Emerald Scientific, what is that? Yeah. So Emerald Scientific is a partner of ours um, that um, they really focus on um, uh, cannabis um, for um, and the science of it. Um, they do have uh, some of their own um, events throughout the year, and then they partner with us on um, a couple of ours. So, um, in when we were in Toronto for MJ BizCon International, um, we um, partnered on a um, science program there, and then um, they also do a full day deep dive on um, on the science of cannabis as well in Las Vegas. 
You mean with local Las Vegas businesses? Um, so they cover topics um, like regular, they do some regulatory updates on the cannabis science components. Um, they talk about cultivation and genetics, um, analytics and um, hemp science, clinical research. They, they really um, are hyper-focused on those areas. Um, and they work with us to produce um, a full-day track of content for that speaks to the science of the cannabis industry, whereas MJ BizCon, um, we focus and stay a little bit more with the on the business strategy and, and components there. So it's a nice, it's, it gives us a very well-rounded education program for the week. I would think so. So let's go back to the investors because mm-hmm. people who are looking for opportunities, unsure of where to go for money to start new businesses. Um, there are investors who really want to get into the space but haven't really you know, found their, their footing yet. I also know that you know, with the SEC and the trading and all of that, there have been some issues bringing, like, for instance, Canadian companies over to the U.S. stock exchange, and now it seems to be a lot more commonplace that that's happening. What are some of the things in the investor segment of the conference that you'll be able to address? So, um, so that full program has not been released yet. So um, I can't give away too much on that. But um, we do talk a lot about um, the state of cannabis investing, um, you know, institutional investing, um, valuations in the market, um, and how to evaluate companies um, and evaluate the pitches that you're hearing. Um, and then, you know, a lot of these investors who are, you know, they're investors first um, and they're interested in getting into cannabis, um, they need to know about like the impact of legalization and, and regulation, you know, for investors and where, where what's, what space is safe for them to play in. So, um, but it, both of those um, are the full day program is a lot on it has a lot of Q&A with actual investors um, that we're going to be bringing in. Um, we are also partnering with ArcView um, and Cowan to um, host programs on the um, second day of the conference um, that will just, you know, really round out the full investment program for, for the week. That'll be great, actually. And what about banking, people in in the banking industry? I had an Mm -hmm. interview recently with a dispensary owner who has had issues with banking to the point where his LLC doesn't have the word cannabis in it, but (laughs) eventually banks realize, you know, after they look a little more closely, they'll shut him down. And he's been through, you know, a number of banks And, you know, one had a good run for like three years, but others, you know, they realize that it's cannabis industry and they say, oh, well, you know, we can't service this, even though it's legal to. Mm -hmm. And now he's finding that banks are charging ungodly amounts of money to hold these accounts for the cannabis industry, which just seems so incredibly unfair. (laughs) It'd be interesting (laughs) to hear from investors who have had that issue or, or people who are in the industry have had that issue. Will you be talking about that at all at the conference? Absolutely. I think, um, you know, there's still a lot to 
between now and, and December that, you know, could come out with safe banking. So I think um, we are definitely planning on covering those, but, um, you know, what that discussion, you know, is going to be, I think is going to be heavily determined on what happens in the next two months. Yeah. And if, if we can get the Senate to actually take a floor vote on the States Act, we'll be in really good shape. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think it'll pass the Senate. I don't see any reason that it should be held up. So, and this is just a reminder to everyone listening, call your, your senators or write to them and tell them to enact this incredible piece of legislation, because it really is going to open a lot of doors for a lot of people who have felt mm, thwarted by <laughs> regulation, <laughs> the banking and all of that. Oh, it'll be interesting. But mm-hmm. so what else have we not covered? What have we not covered? Um, so, <laughs> um, you know, outside of the really great content that we're going to have there, um, you know, it's we're really excited. Our exhibit hall is um, already sold out. Um, we have over 1,300 companies that are going to be participating in the in the expo hall this year, which is just such a phenomenal thing for for the entire industry that there is such um, enthusiasm and um, such. just success that we're all seeing, you know, that um, the industry is moving forward and, you know, just coming from last year. So in in 2018, um, attendance was just a little bit over 27,000. And, you know, this year we're already on track to be, you know, 35,000 and beyond. So, you know, that's kudos to all, I think, everybody in this industry that we all get to celebrate this together. Um, and as such, one of our, um, we always have a industry give back type um, program that we do at all of our events just to continue that um, um, overall support of the industry, you know, not just within cannabis, but outside as well. And one of the things that we're doing this year is um, we have, um, we're starting a program that we are calling Associations Day. Uh, it'll be on Tuesday, December 10th. And We've invited associations um, from, you know, all all throughout the cannabis industry to participate in this where, um, you know, they will be hosting content and um, having meetings for any MJ BizCon attendees to learn a bit more about what they're doing, what their initiatives are, and, um, and, and really uh, have people get involved. Um, so... Um, we're really excited about that to have so many. Um, I think right now, the last time I looked, I think we had um, almost about 20 some partners that are working with us on this to um, continue to just give exposure to all of these great initiatives that these associations are, you know, are spearheading for for the cannabis industry. Are most of them nonprofits? Um, yes, yes. Wow. So uh, I, I would imagine then that, that some would include like Women Grow or some of the big ones. Mm-hmm. Will they be in attendance? They will. Um, so um, we will have a full list on our um, website, mjbizcon.com, but um, we have some really great partners in the industry. I think RII, the research, NCIA, um, CTF. Um, just to name a few, but um, we have a lot of great groups that are working with us this year. 
That's fantastic. And full disclosure, the Cannabis Reporter will be a media partner. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. This is the first year that... Yes, we're... <laughs> yeah, so we're... that's exciting for us. I mean, we've been, we've been observers <laughs> until now. Well, so, yeah, and we're, we're equally excited. And, you know, I just want to thank you for all of the support. Oh, our pleasure, really. Our pleasure. I mean, we're just excited about it. And, you know, it is such an important event. And also publication. I mean, MJ Biz Daily has been a pioneer in the business side of the cannabis industry. And, you know, it's, it's definitely an incredible resource for us as we're doing research for our own content. And, you know, for everybody who wants to learn about the industry, it, it really is just such a fantastic publication and something that anybody who's in the industry knows about it and uses it and reads it, you know, voraciously, mm -hmm. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and then, you know, going back to like your background too, mm -hmm. it seems as though a lot of people are making a move like you did going from these conventional industries into cannabis. What would you tell people who want to, do sort of the same thing, maybe not with events, but just in general? Um, I think, you know, I would say absolutely go for it. You know, if you have a, if you have an opportunity, um, it's been a, a really wonderful industry to be a part of. I think I've really enjoyed um, so many of the people that I've met in this industry so far. I think it's great to be working with something that, you know, everyone is so united and has, um, it's a really great cause. And um, it's been, um, it's also, it's a really great time to also be in cannabis to see the evolution of what's happening um, within, you know, especially the United States. And so that's getting to be a part of such a fast growing industry as well. You know, it's, you know, as back to what we were talking about earlier that the you know, the closest thing you can compare it to is the dot-com boom. And to be a part of that for him and along for the ride is is really something pretty fantastic. I couldn't agree more. And I mean, it's it's very exciting, this industry. And also, I think it's very important. And I think it's going to change a lot of, gosh, in the geopolitical landscape as well. I think the cannabis industry is going to help solve a lot of problems from criminal justice to medical issues, uh, the opiate crisis, for example, and so many other aspects of life, you know, sustainability, this uh, addressing climate change with mm -hmm. hemp. And so, yeah, I think you're right. It is very exciting. And I think that for businesses that, you know, want to figure out how to maintain their competitive advantages, I think as this industry has evolved, it started out with a lot of mom and pops. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, as the industry became more normalized and as people lost their trepidation for getting into an industry that was deemed still federally prohibited, you're starting to see a lot more corporate interests come in and gain their own foothold in the industry. And it's starting to change a little bit. And I don't know if this is something you'd feel like you could speak to, but I'm just wondering your observations. Have you seen with, hmm, how do I want to position this? And let me mark my recording because 
I'm stumbling on this question, but what I guess what I'm getting at is that you know there's there's this risk that we face with this industry becoming too corporatized, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. or institutionalized. And you know, will it lose its not the grassroots feel that it's had, but that that very personal, um, passionate, compassionate edge that this industry has had up until now, until you know it did become a lot more commercialized. Mm-hmm. Do you have any observations about that? Um, so I'll say, speaking just from the event side, I think you know I I hope it doesn't lose that special feel that. It, the industry does have there I could see some good things though from you know some more mainstream kind of corporate companies coming in just in that um, it's gonna help you know our causes that it will help you know mainstream or normalize continue to normalize once that happens so you know I, I wouldn't say that it's it's gonna be all bad when that happens um, but at the same time you know it's, it's you're right it's 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 very um, has such a that passionate and compassionate feel and you know so I hope I hope for for our sake you know working in this industry I hope that we don't yeah I always wonder about that and because there was this feeling in the beginning of this industry that we're all in this together you know we've got to fight here we're pushing for something really good you know and as as it does become more commercialized we've already seen some bad apples in the bunch who are not paying attention to their ingredients or not doing their homework Um, the vaping problem has been you know a big thorn in the side of anybody who's pushing for full regulation and giving fodder for people who are against it Mm -hmm. to say hey look see it's you know the marijuana industry marijuana is dangerous you know mm-hmm. <laughs> I've seen a few of those <laughs> and a little bit nervous you know and I, I think it is important for people who are you know really growing this you know people responsible for growing it to kind of keep their eye on the prize which is that cannabis is an important plant substance that can change lives and bring prosperity and help solve our our world problems you know Oh, yeah, it's it's just interesting, but I'm looking forward to meeting some of the new players. And did I hear you correctly? Thirteen hundred exhibitors. Thirteen hundred exhibiting companies, correct, and about thirty-five thousand attendees. Wow. <laughs> I I say the same thing every time I look at it. I say the same thing. Wow. Yeah. Gosh, how many expos have that many exhibitors? I mean. Even like in home improvement and (laughs) any industry. Any industry, they're they're, um, very few, very few um, for sure. There are rankings in the trade show industry um, and we've been very fortunate to be among, um, there's uh, the fastest 50 growing shows that they do by net square footage of exhibit space, number of exhibiting companies and number of um, attendees. And we've been very, very fortunate to to be in among those um, for several years now. That is just absolutely phenomenal. I mean, hmm. wow is all I have to say. Yeah, and when when you first said it, I thought I must have misheard you, and then I, I'm just realizing because it just seems like it would be impossible to get that many exhibitors into you know a single space. <laughs> <laughs> well, this year we do have more space. It's, uh, it's hard to imagine. That is actually, we've been asked a lot why we moved from 
our uh, mid-November timeframe to December. Um, and it's, um, it really comes down to when, once you're this large, you know, the amount of space that you need. Um, unfortunately, you're kind of, you have to go a little bit more with the dates when they can provide it. So um, at the convention center, that's why we pushed to December. Um, you know, I've gotten good feedback. I've gotten, you know, like, hey, why, why'd you push so late? Um, but um, others have said, hey, it's really good. It's after the harvest. That works for us. Um, you know, it's great to close out the year with. So um, I'm interested to see, you know, how, how that plays out. Yeah, no doubt. And I, I think that December actually is a great time to do it from my perspective, because there's not a lot else going on in the trade show arena Yeah, for cannabis. Right, exactly. So you're not, you're not counter-programming or competing with other events, you know, and, and people are not so back-to-back, -back, mm -hmm. uh, people who go and speak. So are you, are you still looking for panelists and speakers? Uh, so we're in the throes of um, uh, wrapping up the agenda now. Um, so my con content team has been working very diligently on on that. So we'll have uh, we have um, the majority of the full agenda on our website right now, but it's um, up being updated every single day. Um, so hopefully that'll all be um, locked in here in the next um, couple weeks. But it's um, Every day, if you check back, there's there's something new on there right now. Yeah, and um, I'll have all of that information up on the website as well so that people can actually go to it and look and check out, you know, what's happening there. But so obviously, if your space is sold out, you don't need additional exhibitors, <laughs> which is <laughs> that's pretty remarkable. <laughs> Unfortunately not. I wish we could accommodate more, but we are... Um, uh, but we don't have a, a single other foot of space <laughs> right now. Yeah, well, you know what? That's okay because people in the industry who don't have a booth, they'll still benefit from being able to go and mingle and um, meet everyone who is there and, of course, take, a, take part in the content that you're providing. Are there um, mm -hmm. other keynotes or just the one? Um, so that's our main keynote. We do have general sessions um, that are currently being confirmed. Um, uh, now, so more to come on that, but um, the first uh, opening day of the conference, which is December 11th, Wednesday, um, we open up the morning with um, several keynotes, um, and um, we also will have um, our annual um, year in review that Chris Walsh, our, our president and uh, founding editor, does for the industry. That'll be exciting. That's uh, actually a really good thing too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he he does his predictions for the year, um, which going into an election year, I think is going to be really important. And he also evaluates last year's predictions, which I think we all enjoy too. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the state of the industry. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So tell me, is there anything else that you'd like our audiences to know? Uh, anything you have a burning desire to tell people? Yeah, the only thing that we we haven't talked about that is timely because it was just announced today. Um, we have our um, inaugural MJ Biz Daily Awards, and um, the finalists for those awards 
were just announced and they will be celebrated and the winners will be announced on December 12th. We're having a large gala and awards uh, show for, for the industry at the Cosmopolitan Hotel in Las Vegas. Wow. So what are the categories? Sure. So um, the categories we focused on um, this year are five main ones. We have the Regional Game Changer Award, the Community Impact Award, U.S. Market Leader, Hemp Game Changer, and then the Industry Impact Award. Um, so we have um, about uh, close to 60 finalists right now, um, and we'll be giving out those, um, I think, 13, 13 total awards. That's fantastic. You know, there are just so many events um, happening during um, what we would we've now um, deemed MJ BizCon Week, which is an actual. We have a proclamation, uh, the governor, that it is MJ BizCon Week. Oh, you and know what? That's something else I wanted to ask you about. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so we're very excited about this. Um, We've uh, been proclaimed uh, MJ BizCon Week by the Board of Clark County Commissioners in the city of Las Vegas. So um, that really honors MJ BizCon's just overall um, rapid expanding attendance and just our impact beyond just the convention center walls. Um, and so as such, we have different events going on um, throughout Las Vegas um, throughout the week that expands, you know, it's more than just MJ BizCon at the convention center. Um, so as we were talking about earlier, our Association Day program is part of that week, our awards, um, our investor intelligence conference. And then we're also um, having a number of affiliated events that um, if you are having an event throughout the week and um, want to be approved for, to be an official MJ BizCon week, um, on our website, you can um, tell us a little bit more about it and we can get back to you, you know, about that to have the official tag. So we'll have the full list and the full lineup of everything going on in the city um, for the full week. I know a lot of, um, I've gotten a lot of questions about, you know, does that mean MJ BizCon is a full week now? Like, oh man, even the three days is, you know, exhausting. <laughs> and um, no, it's it's just uh, we have events going on throughout the whole week. MJ BizCon itself is still um, this three days. It's December 11th through the 13th, and that's at the convention center. Right. Well, and Las Vegas is such a great place to do this. I know that when <laughs> when they first started their legalized program in in Nevada they were sold out. I mean, there's just such a huge fan base for cannabis in general. So to have this part of the city's vernacular for an entire week, I think is going to be, you know, really great. And it'll, it should be pretty great press coverage as well, I would imagine. Yeah, you know, we're, we're hoping so. Um, we do get a lot of press at the event. Um, and so hopefully, hopefully that'll um, continue this year. And you'll have a lot of media in attendance and people will have an opportunity to speak with them. Tell me a little bit about Radio Row. Oh, Podcast Row. Well, you know what? We'll be there. And uh, uh, apparently we'll be uh, broadcasting for about 90 minutes on that. So um, if anybody's going to be there, please check it out. 
But um, I think it's, uh, we're getting a signal that it's time to start wrapping it up. So any last thoughts before we close? Uh, well, thank you so much for having me. I hope everybody, you know, is going to be joining us in Las Vegas this December. Um, I know I'm extremely excited about it. And um, if you see me around, you know, please stop and say hello. Um, we've, I'd love to meet you. And I'm, you know, thrilled to be on, on your show today. Well, thank you for that. And definitely we'll look you up as soon as we get there. I'm really looking forward to meeting you and I'm so looking forward to this event. I think it'll be, you know, insightful and educational and it'll be a great opportunity to mingle with a lot of people. So um, if any of my listeners happen to be in Las Vegas, uh, the week of December 10th, you said? Yep. So it's December 11th to the 13th is MJ BizCon. MJ BizCon week is the full December 9th through the 13th. Great. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely worth checking out. I think we can safely say it is probably the biggest cannabis event in the country at this point. And, Mm -hmm. you know, certainly worthy of that audience. So, yeah, we're looking forward to it. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much. Uh, We are really as well. Great. And we're excited to be a part of it, too. Uh, So it is time to bring yet another show to a close. Once again, I'd like to personally thank my guest, Jess Tyler, for sharing her insights and knowledge with us today. If you'd like to learn more about MJ BizCon or the work that she's doing at Marijuana Business Daily, please visit us online at thecannabisreporter.com click podcast to find today's episode and that's where you'll find her bio along with the link to the event website we have so many people to thank first i'd like to express our gratitude for our radio partners canisphere biotech and blue mountain energy we certainly couldn't be doing this without you i'd also like to thank my production team here at the cannabis reporter radio show for always making us shine and our programming directors at XRQK Radio Network and Society Bites Radio for broadcasting our show. And last but not least, thanks to all of you for listening. I'm Snowden Bishop inviting you to join me again next week, same time, same place, for another episode of the Cannabis Reporter Radio Show. Until we meet again, be safe, stay informed, share what you've learned, and make it a great day. Every green is colored.